All right. Shalom Shabbat. Uh, this morning we will be talking about the Sabbath, the spiritual discipline of the Sabbath. Um, this may seem like a fairly obvious question, but I want to hear just what the indiv individual takes on it are. So the question is, what is the Sabbath? This is a question to you guys. This is not an actual, this is not a philosophical pondering on my part. Come again? Anyway, yeah. Or as you reflect on it, maybe what does it mean to you personally? There is no wrong answer. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, carving out time just to be with God. Right. Nothing else. Right. I'll, for me, it's been pretty much a, a biblical practice that is outdated. Right. Right. Any particular reason for that, or just? And, and I don't say that so like unaware that I I realize there's it's been much more in conversation you know in the last decade as something that would be a, a discipline and a practice. But I'm just saying to, to be truthful and to be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the consistent history we have these days of the Sabbath, right? There are very few, uh, I would say, Christian denominations that openly preach the Sabbath and have us follow the Sabbath. I mean, it's something that I think, at the end of the day, any theologian or any uh, preacher or pastor would say, yeah, the Sabbath is important, but very rarely do we actually follow what the Sabbath was meant to be. Um, and there are a lot of different reasons for that, and, uh, you know, one of the main ones being kind of the idea that Jesus came and abolished the old law and now we have the new law but you know Jesus even says I have not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it and uh, we kind of have this mindset that the Sabbath is something that the Jews did that we no longer have to do because we're Christians right and a lot of that stems from a uh, misinterpretation of the verse uh, Jesus says in Mark 2 I believe uh, the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath, right? So that will be used a lot to say, oh, well, we don't have to do the Sabbath anymore because Jesus said it's, it's, not, it's not important, but that's not the entire story. That's not really what it's about. But to learn more about it, we have to go back to what are the origins of the Sabbath. So to do that, we will start in Genesis as pretty much all of creation started. So Genesis 2, 1 through 3 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done. 
And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. I think it's really emphasizing that God rested from all the work that he had done. Um, it mentions it a few times there. But uh, important things to note there is that this didn't happen at the time of the Jews. This is one of the very first things that God does. One of the very first examples that he gives us. Six days in creation, seventh day, rest. The creator resting, right? And God doesn't need to rest. I mean, God doesn't need to do anything, but he chooses as an example to rest on the seventh day. So how does that translate into uh, Israeli law? Exodus 20, 8 through 11, it says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you and your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For, six, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. So what's happening here is a recognition of God made the Sabbath a long time ago. Before man walked the earth, God made the Sabbath. So, you know, another uh, kind of idea we have here is that we've talked about it earlier. The Sabbath was made for the Israelites, right? The people of God, God's chosen people. But that's not true. We could see at the beginning in Genesis that before there were Israelites, before there were any nations at all, God created the Sabbath. So this is something that wasn't made for a particular people, but it was made for all mankind. And beyond that, it was made to guide basically time, the cosmos, all of space. God created this world and deeply instilled in it the Sabbath, a day of rest, a day of recognition. That was his order. So in a lot of ways, the Sabbath is not just a day that we rest. It's a remembrance of time. It's a recognition of God creating the heavens and the earth, right? So for us, a Sabbath becomes not just a creation for which we rest from work, not just something that we do in order that we might feel better, but a recognition of God created all that we walk on, all that we eat, all that we're a part of, and choosing to participate in that day becomes a recognition of the sacrifices that he's made for us and the gifts that he's given us. And most of all, it's a remembrance that time is not ours. Time alone is God's. So a lot of times we have excuses for why we don't recognize the sabbath right because it's i mean it's honestly if we define it ourselves it's not convenient to have a sabbath you know there's a lot of work to be done there's a lot of things that need to happen i mean what it, do you guys have examples of reasons why you don't necessarily like why it's not a part of your daily lives or maybe it is a part of your daily lives um but for those of us that don't practice it myself included um what are reasons why we don't necessarily take the Sabbath? I'll answer for me. It's 
because I kind of buy into the lie that I can't afford to have a Sabbath, that I don't have enough time. Now, for those of you that have families and own companies and have kids, and you know, I'm a single, unmarried, childless, young adult male in my 20s. So that excuse for me really does not work because that, that's just saying that like I'm choosing not to take time that I'm probably spending on Netflix or something else, if I'm honest, and devote it towards a day of rest and a day of communion with God. Um, so that's my, that's my excuse, right? Um, Right. Right. I think for me, one of the things is it's a fear of missing out. There's so many things going on. There's so many things I can be dealing with. And especially now that I moved to Nashville, I mean, Sundays, Saturday Sundays, there's so much going on that to take a day and just do nothing, like you said, it feels lazy. But also to feel like, what am I missing out on? If I'm at home, sitting around, or I'm at home spending time with God, I'm missing out on something. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big thing for me is that I don't want to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. It's good. You have to force yourself to not be on society's kind of. It doesn't really work with today's pace and the rest of society's pace. You just kind of have to force, you have to separate yourself from it. Right. And it's hard to do. Yeah. Jim was saying earlier, it's kind of a tradition that's been lost throughout the narrative of Christianity. It's something that at some point we've decided not to participate in. And you know, that's the thing about the Sabbath is it goes beyond our own personal lives, but it has much deeper implications than that, right? So when God created the Sabbath, it wasn't just a personal thing. He had, like many of the laws of the Old Testament, many of the laws he passed down to us, a very specific reason with very specific societal implications for giving it. Um, And we'll get into more of those as we come here. Uh, why is the Sabbath necessary? It is a moment when the world is at peace. So the idea of it, right, is on this day, the seventh day, that we all take time to stop working. And what's important there is that we note that the world is at peace. It says your male or female slave, which doesn't really apply anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. Those both still apply to us, right? For some reason, we live in a society where we think it's okay if we don't work, but we expect others to work on our behalf on those days so that we can keep up with our lifestyles. 
right? But that's not what God's saying. God's saying on the seventh day, nobody works. Nobody. By God laying down the Sabbath, he equalized all mankind. Oh, go ahead. when we see companies that still participate in that, we have a lot of respect for them. There's not a lot, but for instance, uh, for my days in marketing, I know that demographic-wise, Christians spend a lot of money at Chick-fil-A. And I think one of the reasons is, is because they choose to be closed on Sundays. Now, whether or not Truett Cathy meant for that to be the reason behind it originally, I think I've heard a story where it was, he just worked six days a week and he worked 15 hours a day and he got to Sunday, he was like, I need a break. This is too much. But all the same, it's just that tradition of stopping and not just stopping work for the corporate offices, but for everybody. Nobody works on Sunday. It garners a lot of respect and it shows a great amount of respect for your employees, the people that work for you, and it's notice. By God laying down the Sabbath. Oh, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, is it a, are we talking about a day or are we talking about, like, I don't know, to me it's not so much about the exclusion, but are we gonna, how are we going to concentrate that day mm-hmm. you know, and what the use of that day is for versus the other days, not the absence of something, mm-hmm. I guess. So I, I don't know, trying to live where we live now. Mm-hmm. Old Testament, New Testament, whatever. How do we practice that? Because, I mean, just closing everything down and doing nothing, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem great either. Right? Right. I mean, there's wasteful rest, I suppose. There is that. Mm-hmm. I think, interesting to your point, uh, Jesus kind of directly talks about that, right? When he heals the man on the Sabbath, uh, it's kind of that same idea of the Sabbath is not to be a stumbling block. It is to be a day of rejoice and rest in God, right? So I think there is that difference between, okay, so for doctors and ambulances and people that are healing, things that we depend upon, right? I don't think anybody would be as absurd to say, and especially not God to say, if somebody gets sick on the Sabbath, somebody needs a heart transplant, somebody needs an emergency surgery, don't do it, it's the Sabbath. And that was kind of the trap that the Pharisees were falling in. 
Right? That was one of the reasons they were angry at Jesus. They saw Jesus do this and they said, He's working on the Sabbath. He's clearly not the Son of God. He's clearly a sinner. And Jesus answers right back, mm, No. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Um, and to your point, we'll come to that here in a little bit, but yeah, that is, I mean, that is an interesting point. There is the idea of uh, wasteful rest and kind of how do we differentiate that. Um, by God creating the Sabbath and how he equalized all mankind, he made us all the same. So this is one day where we all adhere to a commandment of God, even though we're supposed to adhere to all the commandments of God. But in this one, it's kind of uniformed in that God meant for us all to be the same on that day, right? So if you own a company, you are the same as your lowest employee, CEO, janitor, same on the Sabbath. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and this may not be the holiest of men, but one of my favorite quotes is from Andy Warhol. I believe that's the next one. It's about Coca-Cola, and I love Coca-Cola. I don't drink it anymore because I don't do caffeine, but I love Coke. It says, you can be watching TV and see Coca-Cola, and you know that the president drinks Coke. Liz Taylor drinks Coke. And just think, you can drink Coke too. A Coke is a Coke, and no amount of money can get you a better Coke than the one the bum on the corner is drinking. All the Cokes are the same, and all the Cokes are good. Liz Taylor knows it. The president knows it. The bum knows it and you know it. It's a, it's a funny comparison, but it's actually, if you think about it, it's beautiful. He's absolutely right. A Coca-Cola is the same for everybody. There's no special treatment when it comes to Coca-Cola. You know, the president of the United States isn't getting a better Coke than we are. And uh, maybe certain people do want a better Coke, but they just don't get it because Coke is a Coke. The Sabbath is a Sabbath. It's made for everybody. It's made when you practice the Sabbath like it's supposed to be practiced, you're practicing it the same way that your donkey is practicing it. God didn't make it for just certain people. The Sabbath wasn't just made for those who can afford to have it. It was made for everybody. And the trick here is that the only way that everybody can practice it is for those who are in a position of great wealth for those who do run companies, for those who are more blessed than others, to practice it and instill it on the rest of their employees, on the people who work for them. So Chick-fil-A is a great example, right? Obviously corporate offices aren't open, but that practice extends to their lowest employees. Nobody works on Sunday. And that's the only way it works. Um, the Sabbath is a reminder that we are all equal under time and God. All creation must rest for God. It's a choice to participate in God's larger story. It's a choice to come before God and say, we are lesser than you are. We choose to adhere to your laws. And honestly, it's one of the easiest ways to do it, right? God calls for us to rest and be still. Um, it's not, it, it's, it ends up being a hard thing for us to do, but in reality, when we think about it, God's telling us to just sit still for a day. Don't do anything. Don't work. Put up the donkeys. Put up the tractors. Shut the laptop. Turn off the cell phone. Don't do anything. Just go. Eat some food with your friends and family. Have a potluck. Those of us that grew up in the Church of Christ, the old Church of Christ, know that the old tradition is to have the potluck after Sunday lesson. 
And if it wasn't a potluck, it was getting together for lunch with other people, going over to somebody's house. And uh, my grandfather was a preacher, and I spent a lot of Sundays with him. And I always remember going to the different houses after church to eat the meal with. And the meal just being ready, we get there, and it's just four hours of eating and talking and just fellowship. Right? And that's kind of how the Sabbath was meant to be. A day of fellowship, of celebration, of worship with God. Um, but that's something we've lost. You know, it's funny how it says that. In the Old Testament, it addresses it and it says that you are to make your food the day before so that it is ready for the next day. Now, this first comes up with the Israelites when they're wandering through the desert, right? They were to gather manna six days out of the Sabbath, out of the seven, out of the Sabbath, seven. And on the seventh day, the sixth day, they were to gather enough manna for the next day. And uh, one of the reasons God gets upset with them is because he caught certain Israelites gathering manna on the seventh day. And the way God saw that is he saw it as a betrayal and the trust in him that he would not provide for them, right? It was that idea of if we don't do it, we may run out because we may not have this tomorrow. But God's saying, rely on me, trust in me. Follow my commandments and I will take care of you. I saw a hand up back there. Yeah, so um, I guess due to society changes and everything, even when I was growing up, it's, I guess my parents kind of instilled this feeling as uh, the Sabbath would be more of a day where you serve. And that way it's not, it's not necessarily work because you're wanting to do something for somebody just out of, out of the heart and it's a better representation of like. Jesus was doing, and that's what you can be doing to four other people. So taking the time, um, typically when you take work, you get some kind of compensation back. Mm -hmm. By serving, you're not necessarily working because that's the whole point is not to receive anything. Mm -hmm. So whether or not if it's, you know, for us growing up, it was more like going and mowing somebody's yard for them because they couldn't do that for themselves. Right. And because of scheduling stuff, you didn't have that opportunity during the middle of the week. Mm -hmm. So there was always the aspect of you know, hey, on this particular day of the week, this is this is the day we're setting aside to to do things and to serve other people. Uh, it's when you, when you don't have that flexibility throughout the week. Right, right, and I see there's a lot of merit in that, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good things in that. Where I would push back on that is uh, in two places. One. Uh, Christ says when we are to give, we're to give out of our need, right? Uh, the example of the woman who came to the temple and put in the one coin, right? It was all that she had. Uh, God seems to say with this one day, dedicate it to me, don't do anything. And so while the service is a good idea, and I think it is a good principle, don't think it lines up necessarily with what God had in mind with the Sabbath, what the day is, what the tradition is. Not saying the service was a bad thing. Not saying your parents did the wrong thing there. Um, just kind of the idea of recognizing the Sabbath as being a complete day of rest, right? Um, and we'll get to that uh, scripturally coming up here soon. What do we lose because we don't practice the Sabbath? We've kind of answered this a little bit already, but does anybody have anything else to say on it? Maybe as a society or as individuals?
right? Right. Absolutely. I would think we lose a sense of rhythm about our lives, where we um, we lose track of the pattern of work and rest, work and rest, mm-hmm. work and be still. Right. Even if it's in the day to day, when when do we turn clothes off? The for work is it five p.m. or is it like seven p.m. now? Is it yeah eight p.m. <laughs> Right. And those that grew up in kind of a time before technology, before cell phones and computers kind of understood that there was a little bit more of that separation of work life. Right. So when you left work, you went home and you had your family and there weren't emails to answer on your phone. There weren't phone calls to take because nobody would be crazy enough to call you on your home phone and talk to you about the next business deal while you're eating dinner with your family. There was more of that respect. But even that in today's society, we've kind of lost. Um, and I think the question here is, we're going to get into the economic kind of implications of the Sabbath, of why we don't follow it. But let's see what the uh, Bible has to say about the Sabbath. Uh, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between me and them, so that they might know that I, the Lord, sanctify them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not observe my statutes, but rejected my ordinances, by whose observance everyone shall live. And my Sabbaths they greatly profaned. Then I thought I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness to make an end of them. But I acted for the sake of my name, so that I should not be profaned in the sight of the nations, in whose sight I have brought them out. Here's an instance where the people of Israel decided not to follow the Sabbath anymore, and God is willing to destroy them. This seems really harsh to me, that in this moment, God is seeing his people not following his commandments, just one commandment, granted, not thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, you know, thou shalt not have other gods before me. It's follow the Sabbath. And God is so irate about it, he is willing to destroy his people, his chosen people. And the only thing that calls him off from it is that he doesn't want other people to see that and profane his name because the Israelites were to be a testament to the world about God, right? And so to God, it was very important that they follow his commandments. And in this moment, they've decided not to. Let's look at another verse. Nehemiah 13, 15 through 22. In those days I saw in Judah people treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in heaps of grain and loading them on donkeys, and also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them at the time against selling food. Tyrians also, who lived in the city, brought in fish and all kinds of merchandise and sold them on the Sabbath to the people of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then I remonstrated with the nobles of Judah and said to them, What is this evil thing that you are doing, profaning the Sabbath day? Did not your ancestors act in this way? And did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on this city? You bring more wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. Next part. When it began to be dark at the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath, I commanded that the doors should be shut and gave orders that they should not be opened until after the Sabbath. And I set some of my servants over the gates to prevent any burden from being 
brought in on the Sabbath day. Then the merchants and the sellers of all kinds of merchandise spent the night outside Jerusalem once or twice. But I warned them and said to them, Why do you spend the night in front of the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they did not come in on the Sabbath. And I commanded the Levites that they should purify themselves and come and guard the gates to keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember this also in my favor, O my God, and spare me according to the greatness of your steadfast love. So we've now gone beyond just like the personal personal implications of what the Sabbath is, but to a larger societal role of what the Sabbath is. And what God is angry about here is not necessarily that we personally don't take it, but the socioeconomic implications of not taking it, right? So when we choose not to take part of the Sabbath, when we choose not to rest, we are committing ourselves to a society that says work is more important than God, that economics is more important than God. And that's, I don't think anybody in this room believes that, truly, in their heart. But the problem is, is that we've opened ourselves to a society that says work is the most important thing. But we've got to think about what we've sacrificed in order to get there. Personally, I grew up in a family that did not look at this ideal. Yes, we went to church every weekend, but uh, a lot of times it would be my mother and myself and my sister. Uh, my dad would spend the weeks gone on business trips, and he worked very hard. In his mindset, he was doing this out of love for us. He wanted to provide for us, right? And there's a lot of merit to that. But he'll admit, and he's apologized ever since, that he lost a lot of time with us. You know, I essentially grew up with an absent father because of his business. And in his mind, he was trying to provide for us. He was trying to provide what was best for his kids. He was sending his kids to a good school. He was doing all these things. But in return, he sacrificed vital time with his kids, building a relationship that lasted a lifetime. Three weeks ago, we were coming back from a fishing trip together, and he looked at me, and he admitted this regret. And he said, you know, that's something that haunts me every day because I know I will never get that time back. When we decide to participate in a culture that says work comes first, other things second, we lose some of the most precious things to us. When we live in a world where progress and process is favored over the spiritual, we deny ourselves an opportunity to grow close to God. The Sabbath was meant to be a day where we commune and worship together and grow closer in God and His love for us. And when we choose not to participate in that, we choose to sacrifice something that is so much greater than anything we have on this earth. More than that, we fashion God's covenants into something that's more of our likeness than His. We choose to make God's commandments what is convenient to us. And I think we're able to do this with the Sabbath because it's easy for us to do it, because there's no, what seems to us, immediate consequences, right? All the consequences of sacrificing the Sabbath seem long-term, seem distant. So as our society has progressed away from it, what's happened is that the consequences have built up over time. So now we live in a society where seven days a week we work, and that's seen as, seen as okay for the most part. Now, that's changing slowly, but for the most part, over the past, I'd say, largely the history of our country, that's been seen as okay. And we have a lot of reasons that we justify this, right? We say, 
Well, we live in a society where things have to be provided, where things have to be made. Business has to keep going. We say things like farmers have to work seven days a week. They can't afford not to work. That's the society that Israel lived in. Israel was predominantly uh, agricultural society. They were farmers. Notice that God said, even your livestock is to rest on that day. Even your livestock, your male and female servants are to rest on that day. God didn't make exceptions for anything. He said everything is to rest on this day. And I think it's because God saw the implications of what happens there when we don't do it. Go ahead. Right. That yeah. Celebrated rest and, and that kind of stuff. And so I wonder, like, maybe if our, um, like, our call in this moment is like, is not to necessarily do, like, say, like, you know, shut everything down on Sunday, like, across America, like, this is a call for Christians. Yeah. But rather, instead, like, to be people who celebrate rest and celebrate time spent away from work, and and possibly be people that um, would would grant other people that right as well, like, be intentional about granting. Mm-hmm. Our servers at, at restaurants and whatever, like give them. I don't even know how to do that, but like, you know, be be a group of people that would say like, you not being here and working seven days a week is is good. Like we we, we appreciate what you do. We want you to have time to not be here, mm-hmm. uh, rather than I don't know. Like instead of being like so intense about like Sunday, which I think I think maybe Jesus pushed back on really hard against, like you were saying, right? Like mm-hmm. instead of us turning this into like you guys aren't doing this because mm-hmm. you're bad rather us trying to show the, show the world that like our God wants us to connect with our family wants us to be uh, ready for the next week and all this kind of stuff and so he wants to get that to you as well right and actually I think that's exactly it I think it's setting that principle of taking a day where we physically recognize that this is what we're about this is what our God is for we want you to see this and we want to be an example to you as well right because it's just not Honestly, it's just not realistic at this point for us to say tomorrow we are going to take a Sabbath next Sunday and everything will shut down. That won't work. Our economy will crash. Honestly, it will. It would absolutely crash. Um, right? So it's just, it's just not realistic for us to do that at this point. But what I do think needs to happen is that we do, like you say, need to start building it up into that. We do need to take times of rest. We do need to start scheduling that into our lives. Um, let's quickly go over a few more things here. Uh, numbers. So what were the consequences of not taking the Sabbath in Israeli culture? When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they found the man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to the whole congregation. They put him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man shall be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him outside the camp. The whole congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. We should not do this. Otter Creek should not pull anybody outside their doors and stone them to death. I'm going to go ahead and say that publicly. Um, This verse, I think, is more to show how serious that Israel took the Sabbath. At the very beginning, how serious it was to them. I think the problem here is that 
our choosing to not recognize it in any part at all is a betrayal of a covenant that God has given us, right? God has set a covenant with us for us to remember Him, for us to remember what He's done for us. And I think the Sabbath largely is a part of that covenant. It's a remembrance of God created all that we live in, all that we have been given, and we choose to recognize Him in that day. Because it's very hard to forget what God has done for you if you're forced to sacrifice one day out of the week to recognize Him, right? It's just not, it's not possible. It's a reminder of God's love and commitment towards us, as well as the tangible element of our trust in Him. There is something to be said about physically sacrificing something for God. There's something to be said about giving something of you that you may feel you need to God. And for all I can tell biblically, that's what God wants of us, right? He wants the things that we feel like we can't give Him. And for me personally, not being able to sacrifice those things, not being able to give Him to Him, is just a sign of my lack of trust in Him to provide for me and to give me the things that I need. But I think for the last thing what we need to look at is that there is a larger societal role that's played here, right? So many of the laws that God gave us is to protect things around us. So like we've talked about, our economy has been shaped by this kind of workaholicism that has permeated our culture. And it's huge, you know. It passes on and it goes from us to our kids, to the people around us, to everything, right? And if what drives us is an economic push to take care of ourselves, I think we lose sight of one of the great things that God has given us. And that is that he created this universe with a day of rest in mind. Um, Drew talked about earlier how it kind of sinks our clocks and how it makes us one with God in many ways. It sets boundaries for what is work and what is rest. Uh, it's a part of that. Let's finish up here real quickly. But um, like I said earlier, I don't think it's realistic for us to come next Sunday and say, let's just stop this. I don't think it's realistic for any of us uh, to just think we can stop this all at one time. I think what's realistic is we start to take baby steps towards that, right? So on Sundays, maybe we sacrifice two or three hours out of our lives to say we're going to rest and we're going to get together with other people. Maybe it looks like something small, like we prepare our food for our meals on Sundays the day before so that the next day all we have to do is heat it up and eat. And we can still be with one another. We can still have people over. We can still commune. But we don't have to sacrifice this tradition that God's passed down to us. And that goes beyond just us. We also choose to participate and encourage a culture that says, hey, restaurants, let's close on Sundays. Let's give your employees a break. Let's make this a day that everybody gets to rest and see the things that God's provided us and put our trust in Him. Right? Did you have a hand up that you were wanting to say? Yeah. Right. 
I agree and I disagree in some ways. I think that falls back into that where Jesus says, I have come to fulfill the law, but not abolish it. And I think that's something we've lost. I think we interpret that a lot from some of the Pauline theology that we've picked up. Um, Paul, very loosely at times, says the Gentiles just don't eat meat with blood and don't do this and you're fine, right? But I think as the story progresses, as we become a society that you know, we constantly try to pursue and come close to God, that starts to fall into those commandments that he gave. We want to do things that please God, look good in his eyes that he wants for us, right? And so, yes, I do think there is a lot more freedom that is given us. I think the pursuit there should be, right, the difference being, like in the Old Testament, you didn't do it, it was condemnation. Now in the New Testament, our focus should be to pursue Christ with all of our hearts, uh, to pursue God with all of our hearts, with all of our strength, with all our mind. And so I think part of that is longing to be a part of the story. And I think that's why, you know, the, the change here isn't like we need to change all in one day. It's that we should strive and long to go towards the goals that God has set for us. So I, I don't think it'll be a societal, I don't think the church changed us all at once, right? But the idea here, kind of the imagination that we should have is we should have this prophetic sense of let us push towards that. You know, like nobody thinks all war is going to stop tomorrow. It's unrealistic. We're not going to stop all war, but that doesn't mean we should strive to be a society that pushes for the cease of war, right? We're not going to solve world hunger tomorrow, but that doesn't mean we should not try to solve world hunger. We're not going to have a Sabbath by next week, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try and push towards it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, yes? I think it will be for those of us who are going to try this. You know, I've committed to a, I'm in a disciplines class. I'm not going to just come and listen to lectures. I'm going to try to approach these disciplines in a more full measure. Right. Um, old dogs can learn. Right. Um, but what will be a challenge is with, you know, just as our minds are challenged during the Lord's Supper, to focus and Mm-hmm. You know, we fight that. What is it? Fifteen minutes, ten minutes. Right. Imagine a day mm-hmm. of doing what we're supposed to do in the presence of God. It's exciting to think about that. And also, it never has occurred to me because I love creation here. Issues. Mm-hmm. What we have done to our planet and just our country mm-hmm. by not having stuff. Right. Right. And I think I love what you hit on there because we have to approach it with the mindset of this is exciting. Like this is this is something that we want to do. This is something we want to be fulfilled in with God. Right. Uh, Josh talked about last week in his sermon about how we kind of approach heaven with this. It's one step down from Brentwood. Right. And we kind of do that with the Sabbath, too. We look at it as a sacrifice. And I've even talked about it as being a sacrifice, but what we want to move towards to is something that we look forward to. We look forward to having a day where we get to commune and rejoice with God and all that he's created. Um, and that can, there's a lot of open interpretation to how that looks, you know. That could be with friends, that could be on your own, that could be in many different shapes or forms. 
I mean, you know, you could even interpret it like that could be, well, maybe not for parents, I was gonna say, that could be taking the kids to Six Flags, but that might be a little bit more work. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I, I just wanted to like reemphasize that like, it was intended to be a gift, and it's like, allows us to use our prophetic imagination to imagine what the world could be like on this day, or this, even this hour. Yes. Well, thank you guys. Uh, if you have any questions or you have anything else, you're free to come up and talk to me, get my email address. Uh, if you disagree with everything I said, please come up and tell me. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for being here this morning, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of the Sunday. Thank you.